Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Now, back to kickoff with Boomer Esiason and Mike Valenti. All right, let's jump in. Best of the best this week. This week's best of the best of the best of the this best, week's best, best of the best. Uh, this is the Boomer Bowl right here, people. Six Super Bowl MVPs combined. Rodgers, Brady, Packers getting a point and a half at Tampa. Go. You know, we're all thinking that this is going to be this high-scoring, you know, throw it down the field game, but I think both teams are struggling with their wide receivers. Mike Evans is obviously not going to play because of the suspension. I think this is like a 24-20 game, believe it or not. I'm gonna, and I'm going to stay with Tom Brady at home. And the reason I say that is because I do believe the Bucks' defense will be able to shut down the offense of the Green Bay Packers, especially the passing offense. Here's the key to me. A, I'm not going against you on this because this Brady voodoo witchcraft tour continues. But the singular thing that I think gives the Bucks the advantage, no matter what Green Bay does with draft capital, with salary cap, with all these defensive expenditures, they still can't stop the run. And Tampa is going to come at you. They're going to pound on you. 100%. And I think Tampa at home, that running game, Tom won't make the big mistake. And Aaron with these wide receivers, yikes. I'm going to take the Bucks. I'm right there with you, man. I'm telling you, the, the Buccaneers defense, as you, I think you said it earlier in the show, is, is if not the best defense in football, it's definitely a top five defense. And they're brutal to run against. They're brutal to run against. So, again, if the Pack can't run it the way they ran it against the Bears, and now i got to depend on you going, what, vertical with Romeo Dobbs? Okay. And, and i got to believe that uh, you know Leonard Fournette should be able to run for over 100 yards in this game. If, as long as they commit to it, I agree with you. Yep. All right. Trouble index? Okay. This is where, Professor Boomer, I need you to assess the level of trouble these teams are in. And you can do it with whatever grading scale you want. I want to start with the Bengals. You said you weren't that worried at the start. All right, so we go through a let's go through a number index here. One being the least amount of trouble, five being the most amount of trouble. Yeah, five is it's pandemonium. The building's right. on fire. Got it. So the Bengals are a one trouble index, and the reason I say that is because Joe Burrow took a page out of Green Bay's Aaron Rodgers book this week and said, "Just relax, we'll be fine." And I do believe they're going to be fine. There's way too much talent on this team. They're trying to figure it out on the offensive line. They're in every single game, and a lot of weird things have happened to them in these previous two games. Eventually, they will break out of it, and unfortunately, I think it's going to happen against the Jets this week. Um, The one thing for me would be, all right, we focused on the O-line, on Burrow, all of it. Their defense has been very underwhelming thus far to me, and I understand. They only gave up, you know, what, 20 points last week, whatever it was. Where's this pass rush? 
Where is it? They allowed Cooper Rush to get comfortable, and I'm going, what is going on here? Yeah, but didn't put up a lot of points. I know. Again, you know, that's the thing. Like, Lou Anarumo is really one of the more underrated people. don't even know who he is, really. Uh, defense coordinators in, in the NFL. And one of the reasons why they went to the Super Bowl last year was because of the adjustments that he made on defense against Patrick Mahomes, against Ryan Tannehill, and against Matthew Stafford. So they're in every single game. And if you ask me, when I watch them, it's their offense that has been underwhelming, not their defense. If their offense starts putting up the 30 points like they should be able to, oh, well, then it's no issue. Then their defense is going to be like all over the opposing team, which could happen to the Jets this weekend. Titans. Uh, trouble index is uh, is north of four. But what keeps it not being five is because of their division. You know, they'll, they'll, they can rescue themselves and they can get themselves back in their division. I do love Mike Vrabel as head coach. You know, he's he's another one that, you know, is a guy that's smart enough to be able to bring a team out of yeah. uh, the abyss that they find themselves in right now. If they lose this week, then forget it. I mean, they have to win this week. You and I both picked the Raiders, by the way. Well, and that's, look, again, good coaches can have bad years. This Sometimes, could be their year to have a bad year because they lost their wide receivers. They lost two of their best wide receivers in the last two years. And they lost trades. their best pass rusher who blew up in the preseason. Exactly. And your expensive running back might have turned into Rodney Hampton. We'll and your see. quarterback is a quality quarterback, and that's how I would describe him. Yep. Um, let's stay in the division then. Let's go Colts. Uh, five. Uh-oh. <laughs> and the reason I say this is because they had a really, really high hopes of getting off to a good start because when you saw the Texans and the Jaguars on your schedule, everybody thought, okay, we're going to win this. these two games. We're going to get off to a great start finally, and we're going to have our quarterback – that is, you know, showed, you know, at least in practice, that he could still play at a very high level. Everybody seems to be responding to him, and it's been anything but that. Now, you know, they're they're oh one and one. That's the one good. They have the yeah. tie. They don't have the loss. So the, the thing for them, unfortunately, is that they're playing the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, who's playing at a very high level, and he doesn't lose in September. Well, let me ask you two questions. Just one is, and I think Frank Reich's a very bright offensive mind. He's a very good coach, but. Slow starts are becoming his calling card. Why is it he doesn't have this team ready in September? Well, two things that I think are a big part of this. You know, he lost his offensive coordinator, Nick Sirianni, to the Eagles. And then this year he lost his defensive coordinator, Matt Eberflus, to the Bears. So those were two very powerful personalities that were in that building along with Frank that made a great like kind of triangle of coaching leadership. Brain trust. And now those two of those guys that are gone, and Frank's there and he's had to morph with other guys and new coaches, and of course it's his fifth quarterback in five years. Well, here's the other problem, and this is I blame the organization, and I know Frank has to play a role in this, but you continue to avoid doing it the right way. Like you got Phillip Rivers, who gets the discount on afternoon movies. You go out and get Matt Ryan. You've tried. Like, when are they just going to do it the right way? Well, unfortunately for them, they thought they had the right way with Andrew Luck. And then, and then he basically left them with J- Jacoby Brissett, and they had no, they had no cho- choice to or, or, or op- opportunity to change that. And then they went down the Phillip Rivers because, you know, Frank knew Phillip from his days in San Diego with him, and they got to the playoffs. And then the next year it was Carson Wentz's turn. I, 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 you know, listen, they should have just kept, I would have just kept Carson, but the way that the season ended last year, the fact that he didn't get vaccinated and, look, and the that, vibes. And by the way, that owner has expectations 
So you're dealing with an owner who can be impetuous, I believe, from where I sit. Absolutely. And he's going to make decisions and tell the GM, Chris Ballard, and tell the coach, this is what I want. And what it seemed to, Boomer, it, it did not seem like Wentz made a lot of friends there. Well, losing is that I know. that's what happens. You know that, And, and when you lose pr- premium games and you're on in-season hard knocks, there's a lot of stuff that's going on there. The dynamics – were kind of flat there at the end of the season. So I, I, I'm i telling you that this is like a 4-5 kind of uh, misery index. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right. I'm going to leave this to you because I'm I'm too angry to even discuss this this team. The Broncos. Five. Full freight. Full freight. Five. You know, a lot of people thought when uh, Russell Wilson was acquired by them that they were going to immediately ascend to the top of the AFC because of all the good players that they have on their team. But you don't got to take into account the coach. And the coach is obviously not prepared for this. I can't take it. And he already, after two weeks, you know, people are wondering whether or not, you know, why did they go out and get him? And I think people initially thought they went out and got him because Aaron Rodgers wanted out of Green Bay, and he and Aaron Rodgers are so close that that would be the reason why Aaron Rodgers would force Green Bay, much like Russell Wilson did, to trade him to uh, Denver with Nathaniel Hackett. Boy, I'll tell you what, when you come out of that box and you go down on the field and you got that headset on and you got to make those decisions, he's the one coach at this moment, at this juncture, Looks like he's in way over his head. Well, and it's it's funny too, and like the average fan will look at it and go, "Well, what's what's so hard about X, <laughs> Y, and Z?" But here's the thing: look at the different, like appreciate a guy like Belichick. Like, remember the Super Bowl with the Patriots? I heard Trent Dilfer talk about this. You know, they knew the series of calls the Rams were going to make based on where McVay was on the sideline, like that level of hyper awareness. And then you go to a guy like Nathaniel Hackett who can't figure out, I need a timeout on a field goal. <laughs> like, it just it makes you appreciate the guys who can do it all. Well, uh, you know, Bill Belichick happens to be the GM as well. I mean, he's running the whole thing up He's there. a maniac. He is a maniac. But, but then again, he's had years and years and years and years of experience and has had some great players, most notably Tom Brady. But I will say this. Uh, it, it is a learning experience. And you just got to hope that somehow, some way, Nathaniel Hackett's going to start to figure this thing out because this thing with Russell Wilson together, if it continues to go this way, it's going to explode. Last thing, and then I want to get to your final word, Russell Wilson. How much blame does he play in this? Because he doesn't look right at all. All right, so he, Baker Mayfield, Matt Ryan, you know, these are older quarterbacks that are in new places. And, you know, Russell was in Seattle, and he always had Pete Carroll in his back pocket. Pete Carroll ran the whole thing. Right. Now, all of a sudden, he becomes the main guy, and he has to be the guy that shoulders the entire load, whether it be fourth and five in the first game against Seattle where they don't go for it. Russell, why didn't you scream? Like, you know, you should have wanted to, to, to run that ball on fourth right, and quarter five. quarter of a billion dollars. Or basically what happened last week where he's running all over the place and can't complete a pass. So I, um, I wouldn't have traded for him and given him the extension. Seattle 
hoodwinked the Denver Broncos. And then the Denver Broncos went all in, hook, line, and sinker because of all the off-the-field off the stuff during the offseason. He's at the Colorado Avalanche games. He's at the Rocky games. You know, he's at the U.S. Open right. with his with his wife and everything. And he's a you know he's a celebrity. He's a big time celebrity, but he's not the Russell Wilson that we saw ten years ago. Well, see, that's that's the dirty secret is he's been on the decline. Seattle knew that. That's why they did not want to give him the contract extension. His agent's been in there screaming for a contract extension for two years. And because he was traded to Denver, who has been in like seven years of quarterback hell. That's a desperate franchise, new owner. Let's give the money to the, the celebrity, and, and away we go. But, you Good know, luck. you got to get it done on the field, and it doesn't look like it's going to get any better anytime soon. Let's get to your final word. What you say after this don't matter. This is the final word. You know, the final word for me are these 0-3 teams coming into this weekend and how big their games are, and especially the tough ones on the road, like the Bengals going to the Jets or the Raiders going to the Titans. I mean, these coaches, these players, they know what's on the line, and they know that, you know, whoever comes out of this Titan-Raiders game is going to be over. And it's basically, it's hard to say in a 17-game season that it's over. I would say that if the Raiders lose, they are in deep trouble. If the Titans lose, at least their division helps them a little bit. And if the Bengals lose, you know, that's a, that's another AFC loss. I, I don't necessarily know that you can withstand that no matter how good your roster is. Well, the other thing, too, you know, the stats are the stats. And I know it doesn't make sense that you start out 0-2 or certainly 0-3. You see other sports. You can rally. You can dig out of a hole. Boy, the stats are brutal. 0-3 in the NFL is a death sentence. Yeah, and, that's, and it holds up, Boomer. And that's, and that's why I worry about those teams, especially the teams like – Led by Derek Carr and Joe Burrow, stars that we know. Yeah. And that's why it's so important for them to win this week, man. It's going to be the stress, the tension, uh, the way that you walk around the building, the coaches are upset. It's not a happy place. Do you think the do you think the Panthers can can save themselves here? Their division outside of Tampa Bay. I don't know what New, New Orleans. Orleans. New Orleans is a tough team, depending on whether or not Jameis can, you know, make it through the entire season with this back issue. But I also think that that's an owner, David Tepper who's probably going to be a little bit impatient. Furious. And and he will not, you know, he's not going to wait, uh, you know, another year. I mean, he'll blow it up again, and he'll start over if they don't start winning. So, again, within the division, uh, you don't want to go 0-3, and you certainly don't want to lose 0-3 in front of your home fans. Because, you know, one thing owners can do, they can count how many people are in those seats. And if people start yeah. leaving and they're not excited about what they're seeing on the field – that means a change is coming. You think he's got the hottest seat in the league, Matt Rule? I, you know, I would think Frank. I would think Matt Rule. Um, McCarthy I got McCarthy, a McCarthy, but I think win. McCarthy's got a little bit of a reprieve because the team looked good, and he actually showed some emotion last week. And I'd like to see that more from Mike McCarthy. And uh, so he he bought a little bit of more time. And if they could win Monday night in New York, you know, old Jared would be very happy on that plane flight back. Week three is in the books. We'll come back next week, do it all over again for week four. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenny. Thanks for listening.